Hey, Kate. Oh, hi! <laughs> I want to paint a picture. Okay. I like pictures. I have currently constructed a, like a war room out of my kitchen <laughs> because um, Shannon, who comes and helps me with Frankie on today when I usually take a lot of my work calls, uh, had to take a partial sick day right during the time when I had a bunch of calls. Totally, it's fine. But long story short, I had to take a bunch of calls with Frankie and oh yeah so i created the war room so that she would you know have places to not accidentally maim herself and fair, um fair i still somehow managed in the course of one of the calls to like as she was falling i punched her in the face i didn't mean to it wasn't it was like a closed fist punch don't call dcf on me but like it was like i was reaching for her as she fell and like I think my nail nipped the corner of her cheek and then she was on the call, you know, crying and I'm accidentally hung up on the person. It was just like, thank God it was like one of my, it was like one of my most laid back favorite clients. So it, it, it worked out, yeah. you know, in terms of universal timing, but that's what I'm working with today. How about you? <laughs> oh, I've just been, you know, uh, just got off of two straight hours of of ad work, um, uh, oh, and then I managed to do laundry and um, uh, yeah, that's about all I got. <laughs> laundry is uh, laundry building? Uh, there is, but it's not. It's questionable. So I just go to the laundromat down the street. It's questionable? What does that even mean? Meaning that it uh, might take like seven romps in the dryer before anything gets dry. (laughs) And, you know, sometimes there's mild flooding involved with the washer. It's just just better if we go to the the laundromat. (laughs) Oh, that sucks. It's like literally like... Five hundred foot walk from the door, so it's not. It's, it's not like a big deal. Yeah, we have it in our basement here. Ah, delightful. This it's is like a, a really bitch basement. Fascinating episode of. <laughs> hey, hey, look, domestic stuff. Yeah, gets a bad rap. I think that it's actually really important to talk about, like. A, the price of things. This yes. is a passion of mine, people disclosing what they're paid and how much yeah. things cost. Um, I'm fascinated by that. But also uh, the deep mysticism of uh, house housework. <laughs> fair, fair. That is, that is what I have uh, on, on the docket for the rest of the day is uh, uh, probably, I would estimate another two hours of ad work and then like a... Uh, deep clean of the apartment (laughs) um i am about to embark on a shedding as well oh Oh, i wanted to add that to a list of things i wanted to talk about shedding shedding your skin or your (laughs) and uh oh i'm typing the wrong place uh shedding 
supporting anxiety. And I don't know, but everybody's been talking lately about CBD oil sure. slash hemp oil. Like you do. Okay, I'm glad we... I'm glad we got that sorted. <laughs> this sounds like the conversation we usually have before we start recording. Yeah, but there, there. I don't think we would have ever hit record if we had gone down this rabbit hole before. No, I agree. Um. Uh. Yeah. Um. So you're taking on some new classes. I am. I'm switching. I've been trying to keep the volume the same okay uh, what do you mean by volume i mean i'm, I'm not like adding new stuff i'm squirreling yeah, yeah, stuff you, okay i got but you. i'm taking over uh peter's monday night 6 p.m slow flow oh delightful and this is this is lovely and serendipitous and if you for for many reasons one of the most obvious being you know, the class that I had become most attached to at Yoga Works was a 6 p.m. Monday night slow flow. Yeah. That's the one that was the most difficult to step away from. Yeah. And I'm on the other side of it's it's I'm, it's just an interesting experience that's given me something to reflect on. I have now, you know, experienced both sides of the coin of being in a class that every week had a wait list and uh, I could walk in and felt comfortable to, to do, to teach yoga to like, it didn't matter that it was called slow flow. I, it was yoga, you know, it was yeah, whatever yeah. we're doing that week. And it was just comfortable. It was comfortable for me in that way. Uh, and then to help, you know, pick out who, you know, was going to take it when I left because um you know you want to at least know the person a little if yeah yeah and um i mean you advocated for me and i'm so grateful for that because it ended up being very very formative in some ways those monday wednesday classes um as you made your transition and you know so then i I'm over here and Peter who is beloved and for yes. good reason he is a skillful teacher and a delightful human being funny and dark yep and intelligent and measured yes uh and certainly elements of mysterious my goodness there's a code to crack there you know like it's just yeah. a it's a it's a rich class yeah and um we definitely have a lot of values in common without a doubt, but we're different, you know, and I yeah. think our approach to slow flow is inherently different. Anyways, I say all of this because I am going to step into a class that is very well attended for him and those people may not stay Yeah, because this is just the life cycle of classes at yoga studios it's the it's like the natural ebbing and flowing of where students go when there's transitions so i don't personally feel you know uh, attached to trying to make people happy by doing something like imitate him that's just not me yeah. i'm not gonna do that um 
but I would be lying if I said that it isn't like just for a moment a little disorienting to be like, oh gosh, I'm I'm stepping into to somebody's shoes. But but these are the kind of words that are like thrown around in this scenario. Like, oh, you're stepping into somebody's shoes, and I'm like, I'm I'm not really. They're just not teaching this class anymore. I'm going to teach the class now. You know, like not everything has to be this like mythic transitional torch yeah. passing you know well and that's that's also like kind of the narrative like studios think that if they sometimes think that if they like spin that narrative that it smooths out the transition like i uh, you know when uh, you know there's always a subtle thing of like who's the successor to whom in terms of, you know, it, it sort of goes back to this, like, trying to spin a lineage out of just the happenstance of two people studying with the same person. Does that make sense? Oh, my God, you're right. Like, yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, no, like, you you have different influences than Peter. Peter has different influences than you. Like, I do I think it's a good fit? Do I think it makes sense? Absolutely. But, you know, it's just, it's going to be a different class. Just how could it not be you know i mean when you looked around and asked me and advocated for me to take over monday and wednesday you know it was never because you knew that i was going to come in and do what you do because i can't do what you do but you knew i was going to come in and care about the same people in the same way i imagine was part of it at least that's what yeah, I, I mean, I, I just, I, I knew that no one would, um, that there would be the same level of accessibility and, and, um, uh, thoughtfulness in, in the class, um, even though it would be a fundamentally different class, like, class in terms of the actual, like, okay we're doing this and then now we're doing this and then now we're doing this like that would be different but the the accessibility of the class and the and the thoughtfulness of the class uh, you know i would have no you know had no doubt that you would be able to continue that on and then the people of course who who regularly came to that class you know i, I think a lot of them ended up staying and continuing to take that class um so uh Yeah, it's yeah. it's just it's interesting though to be on to be so quickly on the heels of both sides of the coin yeah. for me. Like well, leaving something and then walking into something that was beloved. You yeah. know, and I uh it, it's um it's just a good reminder that like every part of this is and this is so cheesy, but every single part of this is the yoga, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like let go, let go, let go, let go. All of us. Let's just, let's just let go. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I, I, I'm grateful for returning to a class that has the label on it, slow flow, because, you know, it's been a couple months now that I've only been teaching heated flow and vinyasa. And um, I really enjoy quote unquote teaching a flow class or a class that doesn't have slow flow in front of it. Like I think there's like I enjoy that. I enjoy yeah. 
like that. But I miss slow flow. And, and when you don't teach something under that label for like a little period of time, like I think there's, you know, there's going to be a reentry. And also there's just well, like, just, I, I just, overthink everything. So it's just a game of expectations is all, all we're really talking about with the names. It's like, what are, what are people expecting when they walk into the room and, you know, based on what the name of the class is, then you, you know, you gotta, uh, you know, manage expectations. You know, it, it's very possible over time that you can just sort of develop your own groove with what the class is. And sure, there'll be people who come in and be like, what is this? But then there'll be like a solid enough group of people who are oriented enough to what you're trying to do that it, it won't matter so much. Um, but, uh, you know, I've had to have a few conversations over the last uh couple weeks just that that brought back up the whole uh topic of like class names and things like that and uh um you know it's still just as frustrating as ever um uh because I don't know. In the absence of directly experiencing someone's class, you need as many words as are available to you to describe someone's class. <laughs> like, and to try and, like, get some, like, memefied thing, branded thing that describes how someone is teaching is just a... At this point, it just seems disingenuous. Um... So, like, we've talked about slow flow becomes this sort of catch-all for anything that doesn't fit into the standard vernacular. Um, uh, and then there's this sort of nebulous expectation for what flow means. Um, which, depending on who your influences are and where you were first exposed to yoga, is going to be radically different. Um, so... I don't know. It's it's just a. Uh, I was sort of uh, hoping that I would I would be done with that conversation, but but I realized that I am I am not. <laughs> it's only just begun. <laughs> I don't know the rest of yeah, the song. Yeah, I don't know either. Um, I'm not sure anybody does. <laughs> I think it just like nebulously ends there. I think that's where it ends. I, yeah, no, I think it just like trails off into instrumental because we've only heard it for the past like fifteen years as like instrumental background behind a film or or TV show. <laughs> so you just get that, and then like the rest of the song is implied. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I just I don't. I don't know. I I know that like once, you know, once once you're teaching it doesn't matter. What matters is what what's happening in the classroom, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But what you said about expectations resonates, you know. And I 
I value these transitions as an opportunity to reflect on what I'm doing or not doing, saying or not saying. Yeah. You know, it gets you out of your comfort zone. You're forced to contend with like a little bit of disruption in routines and expectations and you get to meet new people and say, all right, let's try something Let's try something. Let's let's all let's all be here. Yeah, it's yeah. going to be different. <sighs> um. So yeah, I I'll I'll keep you up to date, but I'm excited. Um, I'm bummed though because I, I really enjoyed um taking Peter's class, and it's it's clearly a loss uh, to you know to the greater Boston yoga scene. He'll be back. <laughs> totally. I mean, I can't imagine why. He'll be back. <laughs> I don't know that, but <laughs> I'm just I'm just making wild speculation. <laughs> well, that's my favorite kind of speculation. <laughs> it's really just wishful thinking because it's like the more <laughs> more people like Peter and people like you know even. People like Fez are like, yeah, I'm just, I don't know that I, I'm just gonna go and do this other thing, and I'm like, no, you can't leave me alone. <laughs> so let's talk about that because that really is at the heart of what's happening. At some point, statistically, after a certain number of years of teaching, people stop. Yep. You know, statistically, most of them. Well, not let's all be of them. people so stop don't write angry emails. People stop teaching group classes that involve move, moving and breathing instruction. Let's put it that way. <laughs> Cuz there are definitely people who stop like are still teaching yoga in a, just in a very very different form. Um uh uh but but yes, there is there is a there is a cutoff in which it seems that it is impossible to sustain teaching group moving and breathing classes. Which seems to be right around the 10-year mark, which is what I'm slowly bumping into. So what is it about the 10-year mark that happens for teachers that that's a thing? Um, I can offer wild speculation. Um... One, it feels like 10 years is, seems to be, because there's also a little bit of a cutoff at the five-year mark. Like there's, there's, but, but it seems like to get past 10, that's an even bigger hurdle. Um, uh, but there, it seems like, uh, how do I say this? Um, like the... It's ten years is enough for yoga to shift so radically that you're like, wait, what the fuck is this now? This is what people are doing, <laughs> you know? Like there, there's, there's. Oh my god, that's it. You're right. Yeah. Um, then I think there's also a potential realization of the limitations of of what we've culturally decided upon as being a yoga class. Um, and then there's also the distancing within one's personal experience 
from the experience of the person who's getting on the mat for the first time. I don't know that that made any sense when it came out of my mouth. Um, but like the further, the longer that you practice, it is possible that it would be harder and harder to reflect back on um, what it felt like to just be starting. Does that make sense? That makes perfect sense. And again, and that, I think is pretty freaking genius, actually. And, and, it, and it could be more, you know, you know, I'm not saying that these are all at play for every human. Um, but like, I think they're, they're certainly at play for a lot of a lot of folks that are at play for me. Um, um, and, uh, you know, I think outside of just the, the a teacher's own sort of development cycle, I, I think there's also just, you know, we've sort of uh, reached this pretty major transition to where you know we're as far as the yoga industry is concerned we're really just talking about a service industry there's like a little side industry that's like yoga education um i wouldn't even necessarily put teacher all teacher trainings in that little side pocket um but certainly some um but really we're just talking about uh, a service industry at this point um and uh um and, oh, that mean that makes me uneasy. And and you know that's, I I don't know that it makes me uneasy. It just makes me want to be really clear. Like, I I think there's great value to a group experience of yoga. Um, and I think over time with enough group experiences of yoga you could have sort of a you could start to pick up on some things um but then you know i i guess what i'm saying is if both industries were were happening alongside each other and were really clear about like that it's it's like what it and i've been thinking about this a lot because of the the working group uh, that I'm a part of for Yoga Alliance, which we can talk a little bit about. Um, but I keep coming back to that thing that um, Leslie Kamenoff always says that like 200 hours makes you an instructor. You can get up in front of the room and you can lead people through a sequence. That's fine. We don't need more hours for that. <laughs> like you maybe there could be an argument to say that you need actually you don't you could do that in less hours. Like I was really thinking about it like. I'm not really teaching people hands-on adjustments at this point. Um, I'm not really teaching people uh, in a training setting any sort of in-depth view of Ayurveda at this point. Like, the, like there's a bunch of ancillary stuff that, like, uh, you know, if, if I really wanted... If I were at a bigger studio and I needed to train teachers in order to teach a particular sequence or a particular template and to do that in a safe and inclusive way... With the right template, I'm not sure that I would even need 200 hours. As long as there mm -hmm. was ongoing mentorship going on afterwards, right? So it wasn't like me just like throwing like, okay, you're done. Go out into the world and like be a teacher. You know, like that that would be the caveat. But um, because if we are really moving into a service industry, we do need more, 
folks to to teach in that way um and and of course it's not like a simple binary there's always going to be a gray area in between um but uh i um i don't um Yeah, I just don't know what that's going to look like. Um, and uh, and also I feel like, you know, for me personally, I'm getting to the point of like, okay, so yoga is valuable to me. It has, you know, brought about some really positive changes in my life uh, over the past, you know, uh i guess 14 15 years um and but like i i'm at this point where like I, i'm happy like if people want to learn i'm happy to teach but i'm not gonna like Or if people just want help and support, I'm happy to help and support, but I don't fundamentally <laughs> think this is necessary for everybody. <laughs> um, like, it, it's just not. Like, I'm going to continue to practice. Um, at least as far as I can tell. But it would also be totally fine if I was like, you know what, this isn't, this isn't worthwhile anymore. Like, that would be fine, too. Um, uh, I haven't gotten anywhere near that point, but um, I, you know, never say never. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's, that, that's kind of my thought. So I want to back up to something... That I didn't want to interrupt because you were saying a bunch of interesting things. Uh, I think you hit the nail on the head with your observation that at the 10-year mark, you've been teaching long enough that there have likely been at least one sea change in the actual field. Yeah. Like, because it's so young, why wouldn't there be multiple, you know? Exactly, and yeah. yeah. So I also think it's enough time that within a decade, most young adults, people are starting teaching when they're young adults often, have themselves had a sea change or two. So, or five or seven. Or <laughs> yeah, in the course of a decade, they yeah. may have moved or married or divorced or gone back to school exactly like it there it's just ripe for the intersection of both an in uh an industry sea change and a personal sea change so that it's an ideal time to stop and look back and say what the hell is this yeah and where do i now intersect with what's happening yeah Huh. And that doesn't happen as much in, like, let's say, for example, that you're 10 years into being a lawyer. Sure. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. Lawyers have been, like, the expectation and the understanding of what's happening in the law is structured in a little bit more of a 
you know, there, there's a lot more buttressing around it of expectations and possibilities that are laid out before you even go in. Yeah. Yeah. It is true. So, um, Hmm. I also, this is unrelated, but blew my mind. And I don't know if it's, there's something wrong with me that my mind is getting blown by things that maybe are not mind blowable, but (laughs) nonetheless, I, you know, Nick and I were talking about something and I, somebody in our life is turning 30 and and I was like, oh, man, it occurred to me that when you turn 30, it's the very first time in your life that you can reflect on having lived a decade. Like in a, in a, in a somewhat meaningful way. Oh, sure. Because you can't do it when you're 20. Yeah. Because your brain was, I mean, not that your brain is done developing when you're 30, but it's certainly closer to what your adult brain, you've spent more time in your adult brain uh, once you're 30 than you did when you were 20, obviously. So there was, you can't reflect back in the same way you can when you're 30. 30 is really the very first benchmark for yeah. beginning the act of looking back. Yeah. And that to me is terrifying and Yo, exciting. It's, it's fucking frightening. <laughs> <laughs> um, fucking frightening. Uh, <laughs> You know, and 30 for me happened a while ago, so it's not yeah. like this is something I'm approaching. I'm, you know, I'm gearing up to look back from 40 pretty soon, but I've been saying that for like the last four years, by the way. <laughs> like, as soon as I turned 30, I've been starting to mentally prepare for 40. That's fair. Yeah, I I, I don't feel like I have that psychology about 40 yet. It's It's interesting. I don't have it for... 50 maybe because it seems far enough away that it doesn't seem real yeah but don't have it for 50 in a way i do for 40 i suspect the reason uh 40 is charged is because it often demarcates the time when it becomes very difficult to have a baby if you wanted one yeah so i think maybe it's just got that extra little Zhuzh in it. Oh, an extra zhuzh, you say. A little zhuzh. Also, there's there's terrifying statistics that are thrown around. Like, you have as much likelihood of getting hit by lightning as you do of getting married after (gasps) forty. Have you heard that? that? Also, uh, yeah. Okay, there's a whole uh implied uh uh pressure for marriage in that statement as well it's awful and it's like i'm worried it doesn't like i'm i'm married so it's not for me like I, it's just there is in i'm i'm simply pointing out a cultural phenomena to look at 40 as the end of sexual relevance for women <laughs> like there's, there's this like subtext of seal yeah. it up shut it down and that's horseshit because a 40 for all of us in north america 
looks like 25. Yeah. But that doesn't change the fact that in the 80s, we were being pummeled with that messaging. Yeah. I don't know. When in doubt, when in doubt, follow Drew Barrymore on Instagram. That's all I, that's it. (laughs) (laughs) She's my guiding light. She is your, okay, that's great. I'm, I'm really glad. She's just, she's a creative, magnificent mess. And I love it. That's fantastic. I'm so happy for you. Do you follow? I don't. I'm I'm picking up my phone right now to... uh, Well, please do. To... um, If you cared about my life, Ryan, you'd follow Drew. (laughs) Oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. But we have fun. Um... Wait, there's, we have, while you're doing that, I want to veer, I want to bring us back. Bring us back, Kate. Bring us, I've, <laughs> I've followed the Barrymore. <laughs> uh, I am so excited. Um, so another fun thing that's happening at Down Under that I'm excited I'm finally doing is making very short mini videos about, uh, practicing in a larger body oh cute and i saw not, um, but i saw a cute little blooper on the instagrams uh, oh. <laughs> so i'm starting to you know do things that are outside of my comfort zone that don't require a lot of time which is yeah. really key for me right now i feel like i am in a very exciting and productive season but i i um i'm trying to be careful about not taking on too much but also still following all the paths that are you know interesting to me so this was a fun like little toe dip into something that i've wanted to play with forever yeah um, okay, so I wanted to ask, the last time we recorded, uh, we, we, yeah, the episode was was relevatory and, and sad. What is... And I'm not what, sure how, how I, I should apologize there was some significant audio interference for reasons that I cannot figure out. Uh, so it was, it was audible, but it was, it was questionable. <laughs> um, but go ahead. It was audible, but it was questionable. Well, there was that okay. big thunderstorm happening. So I don't know, maybe there was some like weird, weird glitchy thing going on because of that. Um, oh. um which you could hear in the background while we were talking. <laughs> Just the oh, I'm glad. Of thunder. <laughs> um, should I? Should I? Uh, this. Um, so, so you're asking for an update on Shambhala stuff? Yes. In relation to yes, how yes, I'm please. feeling. Um, just so that people don't have to go through the whole last episode. 
um, uh, to catch anybody up who um, uh, hasn't heard, which would probably require you not to be on Facebook or read the New York Times or uh, any other major publication at this point. Um, uh, the head of uh, Shambhala, Osomakpo, um, sometimes referred to as the Sakyang, um, uh, was, uh, there was a report that was, uh, put out, uh, detailing three specific, um, stories of what is, uh, technically being called, uh, clergy sexual misconduct, um, uh, because in all of these situations he was in, you know, the equivalent of a clergy relationship, uh, and this uh, really brave and, and wonderful person, Andrea Wynn, did a lot of hard work and, and um, reporting uh, and is still, you know, considers herself a practitioner of the same teachings that of the man that she exposed. Um, uh, and um, uh, so of the right after we recorded the last podcast, uh, the entire governing council within the Shabala organization stepped down and uh, the teacher himself uh, suspended basically any and all teaching until uh, a third party investigation um, is finished. Uh, I have had numerous conversations since then with you know people that I really respect in that community um, I have reached a state of being completely over-processed with this whole thing, um, and I am really hopeful that some really smart people who exist within that community will somehow figure out a way to turn this into, uh, a, something positive and actually reflective of the teachings, but upon much reflections, that's not my job. And I will be stepping mm -hmm. away until I see uh, what would need to be a pretty radical shift um, for me to consider participating. That being said, I still am very supportive of my friends uh, and just people in the community in general. There were a couple of meetings that were hosted at uh, Bow Street. Uh, a couple of the like affinity groups. Uh, uh, one of the affinity groups wanted a like a neutral space to meet, um, so I was happy to provide that and, and like totally happy to help with all that stuff. But me personally, in my own study in my own practice, it's not like I can erase everything that I have learned. It's the basis of how I learned to meditate. But when I really reflect on what's valuable about what I've learned, I, I'm not sure how much of it is the teachings that are unique to Trungpa Rinpoche and his son. I, I really think that the teachings that are valuable and that I continue to hold and, and practice, um, and the basis, you know, really from, from, uh, or at least the attitude from which I teach, um, those are just more broadly Buddhist. 
I, you know, I, I did a couple of times a giant whiteboard inventory of everything that I had learned, you know, in terms of Dharma. And when I really looked at it, the things that I actually find to be valuable are really just Buddhism. They're not particularly Shambhala. Um, uh, and um, so, you know, I will continue to be supportive of the people that I know and uh, uh, who are interested um, but uh, I think um, it's worth starting from scratch I don't know how you how you unravel that degree of 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 patriarchy and trauma from from a system like that um and uh so i i will i will step away and continue to practice what i find to be valuable and continue to study the dharma in places that i uh feel are uh inclusive and and safe and and um um helpful uh so that's kind i mean if you have questions kate of course you can ask but this is sort of the last that i really want to like talk about this oh i love you that's all i think that's that's everything you're saying is how i imagine i would feel yeah so, uh, you know, I don't, I don't have anything to add. I don't have any questions. Yeah. You, you eloquently. I, I will say the thing that is actually the most. One of the things that I that I found that was was actually, when when I did that reflection on okay, what was valuable about my experience within this, you know, and not even within is sort of a very sort of on the outskirts relationship with this organization and, and, and teachers within it for the past, um, you know, 10 years or so. And, um, you know, there's certainly valuable relationships with teachers, uh, that I developed and will continue to, you know, hold dear. Um, but one of the things that, that would make me really sad really heartbroken about is if those spaces in which I've done a lot of practice like karma trolling up in Vermont and even SMC even though it was my first time there uh, like those are really special pieces of land where people have done a lot of practice just more broadly and it would be um, it would be heartbreaking if those those went away because of this these revelations because they're always kind of on the brink of like teetering and you know there's not a lot of places like that that uh exist and especially the ones that are more accessible um tend to be places like kripalu or omega which doesn't those places are uh, those places are quite sterilized. I feel, 
and certainly someone like Angela or can breathe life into that space. I mean, I had a really uh, wonderful time practicing with you and Lindsay when we went to Kripalu um, to to work with Angela. Um, but uh, yeah, finding a container like that for practice is is not. Uh, not easy so i i would just be i would be heartbroken if those suffered because of of uh this man's behavior um uh so yeah well you know the hope is they it'll be minor if at all and that they are able to adapt and pivot if need be, to maintain the the space that they are and the energy that they have yeah. and the people that they're inviting in to connect, they, they yeah. can just change to keep up but not disappear. Yeah, I would I would hope so. I think the the structure of that that organization is quite problematic. I think so. Um, I think it'll be. Uh, it'll be really interesting to to see how they handle all of this. But um, I also, you know, I, I want folks to be... Because uh, there's been a lot of... Uh, I've had to block quite a few people on, on social media just because I'm like, I don't, I don't really want to, like, see all of this. Um, because it's not new information <laughs> it's just mm. you know um and to i think as as we said last week it's just it, it it's really easy to bypass what's going on and it's really easy to go to the other extreme so to just, you know, I've had to hold back a few times in my more angry moments uh, uh, when I've realized that someone sitting across from me is really in the midst of quite a bit of grief around this. Um, uh, and um, those have been interesting moments of just being like, oh, like as much anger as you're feeling towards this organization you actually care about this person and they are in the midst of a far greater grief than you're experiencing and so that expressing that anger is not actually skillful in this moment like in any way shape or form um and uh so you know i feel like i've talked to all of the people that i really care about and and really um uh have you sort of like fond memories of being on retreat with them and everything like that. Uh, and now that I've, I've connected with them on that regard, uh, I just, um, feel like it's a good time to step away from the organization and just kind of, um, do my own thing. Yeah. Well, 
thank you for sharing that and giving us a peek inside how difficult that might be and must be and and the unique ways people respond yeah yeah i go right to anger yeah anger is anger is rage yeah anger is appropriate um there um I don't really want to go down that rabbit hole. Never mind. Um, All right. I'm going to give you a new topic then if you don't want to go down that rabbit hole because yeah. there's something that I want to touch on while we um, still can. Uh, standards review. Can you tell us anything about that and what's going um, on? So I, I can't speak to the content of the meetings necessarily because, well, not the least of which is because we've only had one and it's been more of like an orientation type of type of meeting um but i can say in fact they they want us to say that um i am involved in one of the yoga lion standards review working groups uh which you can read more there's not actually a ton on 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 the website but but you can read about this whole project uh at ya standards uh actually i don't know what the i'll put the thing in the show notes You you can go read um, so the the working group that I'm on is the teacher qualifications working group, um, and uh, there's I think like to like ten or twelve of us on the on the working group, uh, plus facilitators. I think I could be getting those numbers wrong. There's a lot of people on it. Um, and, uh, yeah, so it's been really interesting over the past week to be thinking about things like hours and, and, uh, just sort of the very, very tricky, uh, scope of what's going on here with Yoga Alliance. Um, um, because, you know, I, I have never been really, well, I guess I'll say this, R- regardless of what changes are made, I'm going to continue to teach my teacher training, uh, courses, uh, in the way that I find to be most effective. And if that means at some point that I can't be you know, a registered yoga school because I'm outside of what their standards dictate, then, um, then fine. I don't care. Um, uh, you know, uh, that's fine. Um, but it is, uh, as I've been doing a lot of, of, writing my thoughts down about this it's it's really really far uh trickier than i think people imagine um especially when i consider like it's one thing to set a standard for a specific community right like it's one thing to say within the iyengar community these are the standards 
that we're upholding in terms of this is how a teacher is trained, this is how you move up in certification uh, rankings, et cetera, et cetera. And those those standards do sort of shift and mold and, and change a little bit as the years go by, but there's a clear standard, right? Um, but the second that you even try to say like, okay, so we need to set a standard for something like the Angar community and the Ashtanga community, this is it's just totally hypothetical. This is not actually what the working group is about. Um, then all of a sudden you have to dilute the standard enough to fit both diver sometimes divergent methods. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And it's... I and and you know the people who are always out there shouting for more hours um one thing that i keep coming back to uh and i believe there's a whole other working group that yoga alliance has convened on inclusivity if you're really looking for inclusivity and you all of a sudden raise the bar on hours and then you uh thereby probably raising the market rate for a 200 for a, a introductory teacher training then you start to make it harder and harder and harder and harder and harder for folks to have an opportunity to take a teacher training and then therefore have the opportunity to be a teacher and if there aren't folks of different marginalized identities at the front of the classroom then there will not be a greater diversity within the yoga community more broadly mm. so it's a far trickier <laughs> needle to thread um i i always knew that but as i really like sit down and parse it out i keep finding these little things that are like oh wow maybe we should just like start from scratch instead of trying to modify <laughs> um but we'll see you know oh i think i think that starting from scratch conceptually is always smart. And that's what you guys can have the opportunity to do in those groups. Like to just exactly. say, all right, theoretically, exactly. if we were to start from scratch to Beulah Rasta, like? yeah. what might it look like? Yeah. Um, so, and, and to be fair, like none of these working groups are, are create any sort of like, I have any sort of binding decision-making process. Like we just, it is a working group. We, work on things and then those things are are looked at with a bunch of other factors by yoga alliance and then they ultimately will get to choose what suggestions if any what things they they're going to actually attempt to implement um so you know we we're just we're just a bunch of quite literally because it's all on zoom calls talking heads just parsing out ideas and and those ideas will be compiled and and um, uh, uh, and there may be, uh, there may be changes made and there may not be. So, um, it, it'll be an interesting thing, uh, to observe. Uh, but I do find myself like deeply interested in what the other working groups are doing. Cause I was like, that would be really helpful to our discussion. <laughs> Like, to know what the inclusivity group is talking about and to know what the curriculum group is taught. Like, that would be that'd be very helpful. <laughs> um, yeah, absolutely. 
as if they're not somehow inextricably yes. bound. It, yes, because that that's the tricky thing is all of it. When I look at the other working groups, all of them are inextricably bound up together. So um, hopefully someone is able to um, do some analysis uh, on everything that the individual working groups come up with. And, you know, I don't, I don't expect any sort of like radical change that everyone's going to be jumping up and down and cheering about. I don't expect that at all. But, um, you know, I think it will be an interesting, I, I think there will be folks that look at the changes and, and maybe decide like, you know what, this organization is moving in a direction that I, I still want to support. And then I feel like there'll be a whole bunch of other folks that you're like, you know what, this organization is not moving in a direction that, that I think is helpful and, and people will leave and that's fine. Cause they don't have any binding power. Um, they have more binding power than they claim to because there are no. folks in like outside of the yoga world that think they are a regulatory agency. Um, but you know, yeah, and, you know, a couple of big employers will all scramble to do whatever y'all say, you know? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, 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 absolutely. We'll, yeah. we'll come together and, and then all of... It, it, there's also kind of like a... There's like a, a hysterical beauty to that. Like, if things were to shift watching, for example yoga works sure. then say 30,000 people oh yeah. you guys are all gonna have to add this or oh that yeah, thing yeah. that we insisted on eh, it doesn't really matter yeah. and oh by the way our entire business model is about to change because yeah. we're gonna adhere to this and so now all of our 200 hours are gonna go away in yeah. lieu of a pyramid stacking blah 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 well no I do I do think that any any like changes that would prompt an industry-wide panic of that of that degree would probably be staged out in a little bit more of like, like January one's not going to hit and they're going to be like, okay, everyone has to do this now. <laughs> like those changes will be smaller. And then, then, then the, there may be other changes that are made more, more. Um, uh, but then there also might not be like, I don't, I don't know. We're just a group of people chatting about teacher training qualifications. Um, so, uh, who knows whether whether what we say will will uh, end up on a final um, uh, thing. Um, oh, I think it will. Um, but uh, because if it doesn't, then who made the choice? If it wasn't the yeah, yeah the yeah, agora yeah. of thinking heads, like the best and br brightest of the industry, then who the hell is making the choice? So I think whatever you guys come up with is going to have a massive implication. Yeah, unless we can't come to a consensus on anything, and then it's just then that doesn't. Which I don't. I like. I. I don't know that we. I don't know that we would. Like the point is not to have a, a consensus building set of groups. Like it's just to talk these issues out and see where where we are. Um, so how many? Can I ask about the structure? How many times are you meeting? What's the? Um, I don't know the like total number yet. Um, but it will be at least, uh, I think it will be at least like three to five, um, long conversations. So, um, and then like, we're, we're asked to sort of scribe down our thoughts in between, um, um, and, and send them along. So, 
uh, again, like it, it, like at this point with Yoga Lions, for me anyway, it's just like, you know, they could make some positive changes and I'll, I'll sort of retrofit whatever I think is best um, for the courses that I lead to fit into their thing. But, but I'm not going to, I won't do it the other way. Right. Like I, w- I won't take the standards and build a training. I will build the <laughs> training and then be like, okay, how do I, how do I snip here and there to like make it fit into, um, uh, cause usually it's just a matter of changing the wording. Like it's just a matter of fitting it into the categories that are laid out. Like it's just a, it, it's just a, a sort of, um, intellectual exercise. Um, uh, but um, but that's because right now the standards are so broad um, that um, I don't know you know that, that I that you can really squeeze like any style of yoga could squeeze into them right like that's the idea so um, and I, I don't think a lot of people necessarily understand that until they've had to go in and and um, write out a teacher training just how broad those things are. Um, uh, and, uh, yeah, and they would have to be in order to accomplish the thing they're trying to accomplish. So, um, but it's, you know, it was, it was very, uh, you know, I was flattered that they asked and, um, uh, you know, I, I look forward to, uh, the process. Obviously I'm only really allowed to speak about my own experience of it, um, because it would be pointless like confidentiality is necessary so that everyone feels safe to throw out radical ideas if they want to um Mm -hmm. uh uh so it's not like which i think is i think is really important i think some people would say well that's not very transparent but like everybody needs to be allowed to a creative th- process, a creative process to throw out ideas. Cause I think we can all agree. I think even the people at yoga lines would agree that like changes need to be made. We just got to figure out what the hell they are, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Um, so, uh, no, what you want is, you know, for people to have, uh, creative freedom to compile ideas. And then once you start narrowing it down, that's when, there could be transparency because it would be interesting to see what sort of the top contending uh, thoughts are. Transparency among ideas, not necessarily transparency upon who had those ideas. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Who gives a shit? Yeah, yeah. Although in retrospect, for historical purposes, it would be valuable to be able to... uh... Yeah. I don't know. Actually, I'm going to backpedal. I always... I mean, I, I, I agree with you to a certain extent, and, and one of the concerns I have about the whole process in general is these are people who, uh, you know, uh, I, I can't speak for the other working groups, but just judging by who who's listed on the website as being part of the working groups, because um, that's all public, who's in the, um, though I don't think they've updated um, all of them with, with everybody that's participating yet. Because uh, I know they harassed me yesterday for a headshot and and bio, which I had to quickly write because I didn't have a third person bio. Um, <laughs> um, and uh, what was I saying? I totally lost my train of thought. 
um, uh, who's in what group. Oh, so one of the concerns that I have about the about the process more more broadly is like I'm I'm trying to keep very keenly aware that that I am a stakeholder in this industry, whether I like mm. it or not. And so me sitting in a position of power, uh, even though it might not be very much power sitting on these working groups, because who knows if they're going to listen to what I have to say. Um, like, I just need to be aware of that, like, the, be aware of that dynamic. Um, because uh, if we're if we all have, as, as I do, some vested interest in the status quo, then there's just a danger of, of really valuable ideas and really valuable and maybe somewhat radical changes not being brought to the table because of fear of, of livelihood being threatened. You know mm. what I mean? Um, mm -hmm. So I, I'm trying to very much keep that in mind. Like, like how out of the box can I push myself and remove the, uh, the reality that like, at least for the moment, my livelihood comes from um, owning a yoga studio that happens to teach courses that that do qualify people to to get in front of the classroom and teach and register with yoga alliance um so you know I, i'm very much trying to keep that that context in mind um as i think and and um write about about this topic Whew. Huh. I need to go creep around on who's in what. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't, it, it, when I looked on it this morning, like they didn't have my name up and they didn't have like a bunch of people up that I know that are, that are doing it. So I think it, I think they might be a little, or like me, nobody sent in a bio. <laughs> <laughs> Cause that's totally possible too. <laughs> Well, that's why we're in business. Yeah. Bio writing. <laughs> yes, indeed. You could just you, you just travel the country writing people's bios, just like a like a suitcase typewriter. And you, you got a bio, say, bring me a bio. Step on up, I'll give you a deal. Two bios for the size of one bio. Short form, long form. What do you got? First person, third person. Let's go. Second person. Oh, keep it weird. Get your bio. <laughs> Um, <sighs> definitely suspenders high-waisted yes pinstri absolutely uh with the with the why can't i think of the name of the hat there's a particular type of hat you would be wearing for this as well as like maybe a bolo tie and like a there's a cigar yes there's absolutely a cigar <laughs> there's a carpet bag that's for sure <laughs> <laughs> And maybe uh, there's maybe there's Nick following behind you with a little little player piano just learn <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, I was almost gonna say something because I forgot that we're recording <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, then maybe it's time to wrap that's that a good up. time, yeah, the filters started to drop down let's let's wrap her up uh this has been unrolled. This has been unrolled. Um, you can follow us on all of the things at Unrolled Podcast. You can check us out on Patreon, patreon.com slash Unrolled Podcast. Um, our website is www.unrolledpodcast.com. 
and I don't know what else. <laughs> uh, questions, comments, concerns, yes. topics you want us to tackle, or things you just you just want to say hi. We love hearing from you. Unrolled podcast uh, so at gmail.com. Unrolled podcast at gmail.com. All right, guys. Bye. Bye. Oh, how do I turn this off again? Oh, here we go. <laughs>